Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Ashley Pickle. I'm the executive producer of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Texan Live. Um, and also we work on that magazine thing that we do. Um, and TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, which is fixed now. Welcome in. Or you can listen to it on the podcast version, which you can subscribe subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here on our array of guests. We have welcomed in Mike Craven. How's How it are you? How's it going? It always, uh, it still always gets me when the TV, you know, like, yep. like, like <laughs> oh, that's my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other person in that we're going to, we're going to call him a person in this office is uh, Taco Craven is here. Look, he looked up. Yeah. I wish that y'all could see him. If I call him over there, cause I think if Taco. I do a wide shot, Come here. I'll pull this down. Maybe you can Up. see him. There it is. Look there at that. Is. There he is. Tepper leaves and good stuff happens in this office, oh including boy. including Taco. So Taco's joining us today. We're very <laughs> excited to have him. <laughs> um, let's see. Today is June 2nd. 175 days until Thanksgiving, the 53rd birthday of Beetlejuice. Happy birthday to yeah, that's a, that's Beetlejuice. A great movie. <laughs> um, this is episode 1,398. On today's show, my friends, we will be taking a look at the hot seat meter for Texas college coaches across the state. That's why Craven is in joining us. We're going to take a look at the 12 college FBS coaches and kind of rank them as how safe are they heading into the 2022 season. And then in the back half of the show, Matt Stepp, our high school football insider caught up with North Crowley head coach Ray Gates at the at one of the seven on seven SQTs this past weekend. So we will hear Steps' conversation with Coach Gates. As for that, we'll do first four through the door here, which was Rob Hadaway, Aaron Arbuckle, Robert Legau, and Tony Blaylock. Welcome in, fellas. All right, Craven. It is time to take a look at the hot seat meter. And basically what I did here was I gave you categories to drop coaches into, and you're the one that has the brains behind this. So we will, uh, we can pull this up here. This is kind of a look at the hot seat meter. You've got cold, room temperature, warm, and then who is on the hot seat. So we'll start off with our cold category here. Yeah, so for me, it was obviously the new guys, mm -hmm. right, or cold, right? You got... Rhett Lashley, SMU, Sonny Dykes, TCU, Joey McGuire, Texas Tech. Those guys are going to be given at least a year. You right. know, like, I know college football has gotten crazy. but, but <laughs> Something gonna... would have to go terribly right. wrong. <laughs> yeah, like something off the field would have to yep. happen for that. Right. Dana Dimmel just took UTEP to its first bowl game in almost a decade. They have a really good team back. Jimbo Fisher just signed the big, you know, best recruiting class of the modern era. Dave Aranda won the Big 12. Jeff Trailer wins Conference USA. Dana Holgerson goes through the American um, 
Uh, so really, if you look at it, you know, eight of the 12 FBS programs in the state are pretty secure at their head coaching job, either because of success over the last couple of years or because of new blood coming in those jobs again, that, you know, first kind of mercy year. So uh, a good, like just looking at it is like good mm-hmm. for me, you know, like there's oh, not yeah. going to be much turnover. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, these eight guys, I feel like are going to be there, you know, for at least a couple of more years. Um, and so, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to me to see kind of of those first year guys mm-hmm. who kind of emerges to the top as maybe the safest or has the best, you know, quote unquote rookie. Year. Right. Yeah. You want to stay in that cold category. And it's funny because we've done like viewers of this show who watch it notoriously know that we've done this segment before we did this segment last year with, with even the same graphics. And so it was funny for me to get to go one, the transition of Sunny Dykes from TCU. Like it was like, Oh, I can leave the name the same. I just got to switch <laughs> which logo it's next to. But when we did this the last time, there were a lot more coaches on the hot seat specifically like Dana Dimmel was on the hot seat when we looked at it last year because it was like okay he was going into what his fourth year at UTEP and so if you don't do anything at that point like how long is the leniency there like is Mike Bloomgren at Rice kind of in the same thing so Dana Dimmel moving him all the way from the hot seat down to uh, cold just with one season was that was something that stuck out to me yeah it's amazing you go to a bowl game right you know you (laughs) like and honestly when I was at El El Paso last season I I thought it was interesting I talked to the AD and to Dimmel and Dimmel told me he when he was taking the job interviewing the job he told Jim Center the athletic director don't come bother me about results until the fourth year huh you know so y'all were dead on he was kind of entering that like this is the year yeah and that's a that's a thing that you set for yourself yeah right right. he's like well because they had gone winless the year before he got there and Mm -hmm. i was like this isn't going to happen in a year or two this is utep right like i'm going to need a couple of years to do this and so kudos to to kind of utep for giving you know those kind of years of like hey we're going to have some growing pains here and then good on dimmel for kind of knowing what year in his process is kind of the show me year he thought it would be year four and it Mm -hmm. ended up being and exactly that. Yeah, because what's your take on this in the fact that I feel like a lot of times when it comes to having giving coaches a shot, three years seems to typically be the pretty set standard. But that obviously changes when you get down into programs like UTEP, like a Rice, where things are difficult in a recruiting aspect I feel like more than anything yeah I mean I think G4 you got to have that fourth season Mm -hmm. you know like or G5 you got to have that that and then like you said UTEP and Rice are probably the the most difficult jobs Mm -hmm. in the state or at least the ones with the most obstacles yeah because UTEP just from a location perspective and then Rice from a academic standpoint right you go to UTEP and you talk to those guys and you're like you know, I, JJ, JJ and Taylor, mm-hmm. their defensive end at, at UTEP. You know, he he's from Lufkin, and then he went to Tyler Juco before that. I was like, what did you know about El Paso before you came out here? And he's like, Nothing. I knew it was close to Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it shocked him that it was in different time zones. So, you know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm calling my mom on a visit, and she's like, what? Did, I thought you were calling me at three, and she, he's like, it is three. It's, it is you know? three, yeah, exactly. And so uh, it's just getting guys out there. I think once you go to El Paso, oh, all you of us who have been there, it's like, mm-hmm. man, this is pretty cool. This was just big enough. The food's mm-hmm. great you know you're close to a lot of cool stuff to go do uh, but you got to get them out there most of the football talent let's be honest is dfw houston mm-hmm. big city talent it's hard to convince them to come out to el paso and then rice it's just the academic standards yeah. you know you're as soon as you walk out of your room to go recruit at least 60 percent of the guys on everybody else's list can't be on yours yeah. and that makes it hard and so for for bloomgren we'll talk about him a little bit later as well i've just never known where to put rice in terms of like 
hot seat. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what is that job? What mm-hmm. is success? I, I just, I have no idea. Right. Yeah. Dave, what David Bailiff did at Rice, like you look back, unheard on of. winning conference championships mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and you're like, how did you do that? Right. <laughs> um, all right. So that was, we'll pop that up just one more time on our list of cold. Jimbo Fisher, Dave Aranda, Dana Holgerson, Jeff Trailer, Sonny Dykes, Dana Dimmel, Rhett Lashley, and Joey McGuire. Just a lot of new faces there, if anything. We will head on to our next two categories here, which is room temperature and then warm. Warm obviously being a little bit hotter there. Yeah, the room temp, I, I think Sark's already kind of, and some of that's the nature of the job. We just yep. talked about how El Paso, you need four years. Rice, mm-hmm. you probably need four years. Texas, Texas they get, say, one game, yeah. and you better be ready right. to go. <laughs> right, and so what I find interesting about this is that Alabama game in week two. Mm-hmm. Because it, they don't need to win that game. If it's like that Texas LSU game a couple years ago where LSU won the national, I think that was 2019, where it was like 42-35, that was a great game. They yep. lost, but it was like, hey, you're you're right there mm-hmm. with like one of the best SEC teams. If they can do that with Alabama, I think he stays at room temp. Mm-hmm. But you come off five and seven, yep. and then say Alabama comes into Texas and beats you 42 to 10. Yeah. Where are you? Like, I know it's a little early, right? Like, 14 games into your tenure, we're already talking about the hot seat, but University of Texas post-Mac Brown has proven to have Mm -hmm. a pretty quick, you know... They've got a, yeah. Leash, you know? And so it's like, where... If they can play well in that Alabama game, I think pressure kind of slips off of them a little bit, especially if they you know win seven, eight, nine games. But if they get blown out against Alabama, right. it's all of a sudden like, where is this? This is who we're going to have to eventually play again. I was just going to say, it does not. he does not get any favors given to him with the new conference realignment on, seemingly on the verge, especially with the move to the SEC. And the other thing about jobs like, like a Texas, like an A&M, it has always struck me that there are one to two games a year that decide how much you're on the hot seat because for Texas, typically, obviously it's different with Alabama this year. You can count that as two, but typically the Red River rivalry speaks numbers from a fan perspective. You're not going to have for sale signs in your yard. You could literally most of the time from a Texas fan perspective, you could probably go two and nine or two and whatever. But as long as you beat OU when you come up to the Cotton Bowl, then it's like, oh, well, well, he beat OU. Because it gives you hope. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, okay, our season didn't go well, but we beat Oklahoma, mm-hmm. we beat Alabama, or we at least stayed there. We yep. beat Baylor, right? We're on the path. We just need to fix mm-hmm. X, Y, and Oh, Z. you dropped one to Kansas. Well, just overlook yeah, right, that. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you can fix that in the offseason, hopefully, right? Uh, when you lose to your rivals, back in the day, A&M, now Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you lose a big out-of-conference game. I'm sure game day will be in Austin for Alabama, Texas. Right? Oh, yeah. When you lose those kind of marquee games, it's no longer just your fan base that is like, hey, what's going on in Austin? Mm-hmm. Now it's the whole nation. Yep going what what's going on with Texas it's been a decade plus now who can turn it around Mm -hmm. every single time I always like to like compare coaching stuff to relationships Mm -hmm. you give the next person less rope right every single time you go into a new relationship it's like I'm 30 now I'm not gonna like wait two years to see if this is working Working. yeah no (laughs) that's a really good way to put it it's like Charlie Strong didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Tom Herman didn't last very long. Now Steve Sarkeesian's there. He's not going to get as much as those other two, and they didn't get no. very much at all because it's like, well, we see the signs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of a put-up-or-shut-up year for Texas, which yeah. sounds insane right. being in year two. Yeah, and especially after, but yeah, one, five, and seven season, and it's like, well, and a part of that is because you do have the talent of Bijan Robinson. You have players. It's not like... 
a, a UTEP situation where you might just not have the players. It's about building culture and players on the roster, and winning will bring in recruits and stuff. This is you have the recruits. No, you I, just you just have to coach them. I think I can make an <laughs> argument that Texas is still the most talented mm-hmm. roster in the state, even with A and M bringing in that recruiting class. Maybe in a mm-hmm. year when those guys grow up, it changes. But you know, Quinn Ewers is the most talented quarterback in the state. Whether yep. he's good or not this year, I have no idea. But in terms of just arm talent, mm-hmm. best in the state. John Robinson, one best of the running nation. Back in like the yeah, John Robinson, best in the nation. Mm-hmm. Xavier Worthy, first round, second round draft pick here in mm-hmm. a couple years. Um, you know, obviously they have offensive line, defensive line issues, and that ends up being really important. But just skill for skill wise, Texas is right there, and there's never an excuse to go five and seven. No, absolutely not. And the fans down there will absolutely let you know that as well. Um, then into the warm category. So this was Seth Luttrell was another guy that was we put on the hot seat last year and has now moved down, which is just kind of a what what are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> maybe he is on the hot seat. You know, I, I, yeah. I feel you know coming out of magazine season, I joked about this like. You walk out of every single program during this magazine tour going, man, I bet they're going to be pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just there's, there's a just, vibe and there's energy just that hope, right? Like everybody's zero and zero. You know, they end last year on a five game losing streak going into the bowl game. And so it's one of those things where I don't know if he's on like the hot, hot seat. I don't think he needs like eight wins to stay there. Right. If he can just make a bowl game and win it for and, once, it, maybe win it, then that's, you know, end the year with a winning record, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's going seven and five in the regular season, and then losing the bowl game or six and six and then winning the bowl game mm-hmm. when you're moving on to the american and ish made this point when we were talking about it yesterday yeah you're moving to a new conference you want to give that athletic director a reason to keep you around it's almost mm-hmm. guilty till proven innocent right like prove to me why you need to be our coach when we move into the american i do feel like they built some momentum last year and you kind of saw what would work at north texas mm-hmm. now they just need to do it again consistently right yeah well and that's one of the things is you have you have good talent in place from a conference usa perspective you have a veteran as a defensive coordinator who came back again at Phil Bennett, it's like there should be nothing but consistency at this point in this program. Got better through the transfer portal. Yeah, so so go do something. Like fight, figuring out the quarterback obviously will be the big one, but if Ganell can do something, then that's that's a good thing. But yeah, I think I think that Seth Luttrell's calling card is being is winning a bowl game because he just hasn't done it. He yeah. has not won a single bowl game in the six seasons now that he's been there. And from a Mean Green fan perspective, people hate that. Like, yeah. what's the point of rattling off five or six wins to end the season to get bowl eligible to just go get s- just slaughtered every time they step into a bowl game scenario? It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, neither one of our teams have won a bowl game. No, because UTSA also has that similar problem, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, you get and that some of that's Conference USA. Yeah, like you get matched up to these other conferences, and you go, "Oh, it's not that good of a conference." Yep. Right, and so that mm-hmm. that's some of the bullet. You know, like UTSA played San Diego State last year, and I know a lot of important guys were out, but just being on the field an hour before the game, you're like, "That's a better team." team. Like, that's yep. just a different looking team at mm-hmm. San Diego State. Conference USA still has a ways to go, and that's why you're seeing North Texas Rice UTSA try to get out of there. Right. Absolutely. And then. The then there's rice. Yeah. Then, there, <laughs> then there's rice, you know, and it, I think he's on the last year of his contract, right? He's been there for a little while. They haven't reached a bowl game. They haven't reached six wins. I, again, I, I think that's the hardest job in the state. I, I would rather too. have the UTEP job than the rice job. Yes. Personally, even though you're in Houston, I, I just think it's easier to go recruit Juco and through the transfer portal, mm-hmm. you know, Bloomgren, not only does he kind of have those obstacles of being at rice, he ha- also has the obstacles of the style of play he tries to run. 
run. He doesn't run spread offense, seven on seven, you know, wide receivers, quarterbacks grow off a tree's offense. He tries to play like Stanford old school style. (laughs) And like, there's not as many six, seven, 300 pound tackles as there are good wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go win those games. You can't just trick your way or scheme your way into winning when you're trying to run it in an old school way. I think that's what keeps Rice back is not only is their recruiting talent pool limited because of the academics, mm-hmm. well, it's limited even further because they're looking for players that, you know, frankly, in high school these days aren't running that type of offense. No. There's not many guys running eye formation with fullbacks and tight ends and running 21 scheme and stuff. You just can't do it. I do like the secondary this year. We joked about that yesterday in the <laughs> office. I really do. I think the defense is going to be better. So six, you know, they were four and eight last year, but two of those losses were in overtime. Mm-hmm. They can go win six games. They beat Marshall in 2020. They beat UAB in 2021 they're right there they can do it and the jump up in conference usa isn't huge we saw utep do it right so they can it's just a matter of being consistent and Mm -hmm. finding a quarterback i don't know if they believe in tj mcmahon or wiley green at this point well and for me it's always been rice it seems like every game they have one side of the ball do really well and not really well but they do well and they can compete and then the other side of the ball just plummets and then it's like the defense will have a fantastic game and then the offense can't even gain a first down so it's like their depth depth has been an issue yeah and and, you know again going out of magazine season everybody believes that this is the best team that they've had right like I I didn't go to one school that was like yeah we're gonna take a step back this yeah you know know what actually we're not gonna do too well like Bloomgren will say like this is the first time I feel like we got it too deep Oh wow! Like if I okay. lose that guy, I got a guy, I have I, a guy. that can yeah. win football, and I did not have that beforehand. Yeah. And so, you know, that will help because you're not going to go 12 games through the season, especially when you got to play USC and Houston out of mm-hmm. conference to make money, right? You right. got to win. The, you got to play those games, right? You're going to pick up a couple injuries, mm-hmm. and to have some depth, I think maybe that helps. That's interesting. More. And then finally, we move on to the one coach here that is absolutely on the hot seat, and that would be Jake Spavital. Yeah, it hurts me to say because I'm a Spav guy. Oh, dude, he's you, great. You got you got to win. You yep. you got to win. Now, yesterday, Ish and I, and it's out today. You know, did a podcast kind of previewing Texas State, and we had Kef on. You know, who works for the Austin American Statesman, who may be like the most plugged in Texas State reporter there is. Ish went to Texas State. Mm-hmm. There are obstacles facing Jake Spavadol that are not true elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? Like they're just now getting full cost of attendance scholarship. Yep. Their weight room, they have to have four different workout sessions to get one workout in oh, because wow. only a quarter of the team can fit in the weight room. Damn. They don't have an indoor practice facility, but San Marcos High School does, right? <laughs> and so there are reasons that SPAV and Texas State aren't doing as well as maybe you would expect. For me, this is about Texas State. Texas State has to pick if it really wants to do this or not. Mm-hmm. It spent my entire life trying to be an FBS football team. Mm-hmm. And then it got there and then it decided well we made it so like so i think we're done now yeah, like, like goal accomplished <laughs> never gonna spend any more money again like it takes it takes like you saw what utsa did mm-hmm. like they found money to keep jeff trailer yep and in 2020 texas state was an extra point away from beating utsa yep and since that time i don't know if the programs could have gone in two further different different oh yeah different directions and so for spav when you're gonna take the recruiting uh, angle that you do, mm-hmm. which is controversial, yep. especially in this state when you're not recruiting high school guys, which I personally think is a smart idea if you're Texas State. But like, if it doesn't work, you're going to take heat. You're going to, yep. You're not getting to bowl games, mm-hmm. and your main rival, at least the one to your student base, is, at UTSA yep. up the road, just won a conference championship. Right, has lapped you. Mm-hmm. 
something's got to give. He's got to win. And even if that job is impossible, they're still going to find a scapegoat. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's going to be Spav if they don't get to at least six wins this year. Well, and we talked about it too, but I think that it wasn't just made known internally in that athletic department when the new um, athletic director for the first time in a long time, he, he tweeted out like apologizing to the fans at that point. And that's something that you don't see often from a, like usually that's internal conversations that are being had. Right. And for him to bring that out, obviously that's a move pushing his own agenda because he just got hired as an athletic director. So good on him for that. But I think that there was some seriousness behind that, that Twitter, just the Twitter thing of going, okay, like he, he's already publicly made it known you're on a short lease. So you better, you better really get to it. Yeah. I mean, it's bowl game robust. Yeah. It really just is because like, if you're going to build your roster on the transfer portal, that, those should be quick fixes in mm-hmm. theory, right? And now you're about to go into like year four of SPAV where it's like, is this the same thing? Right. You, well, you've gotten all your transfers in here. Each year you bring in 20 new guys that you think is going to fix this roster and it's not getting fixed. And the Sun Belt's only getting tougher. Oh, it's yeah. It's only getting deeper. It's only getting better. Kind of like what we talked about with North Texas and Seth Luttrell. If you want to ride into this new Sun Belt, mm-hmm. do you want to do it with the program as it is right now? Mm-hmm. If we see another three and nine, four and eight season, I don't think that's true. I think he has to win six games. I, I think yeah. he has to get bowl eligible. Maybe they get left out of a bowl game. That's happened to Texas State before yep. where they've gotten six wins and don't get the bowl game. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets fired for that, but he has to have a 500 or better record in the regular right. season or they're looking for a new coach. Because, yeah, at that point, then you transfer into a new conference. It's probably a more difficult conference from a talent perspective. And then it's, okay, um, you have you lost your first three games again. Like now we're gonna fire you midseason when we could have just ripped off the band-aid and started with a whole new approach. So well there it is. I'll put that graphic back up one more time. But is our Texas college coaches hot seat meter heading into the twenty twenty two season? Most people feel pretty safe with the influx of new coaches, but some that we are keeping our eye on. So he is Mike Craven. Craven, appreciate the time. Thank you for, for hopping on and joining us. Of course. Appreciate letting Taco be a star. Dude, that's that's the real reason why we let you in here, just so I could be with Taco. <laughs> yeah, he's just chilling. Oh, look, you can kind of see his ear. I don't No, there he goes. <laughs> All right. We are Texas Football Today. Or every weekday at noon, talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope you will consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. You can do that at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. We just sent our 63rd summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football to press this past Friday. Um, so if you would like to get that before it hits newsstands, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. It is the gift that keeps on giving, much like the Jelly of the Month Club. All right. Now we're going to pull this here up because... Did you know that 35% of college athletes quit their sport or transfer schools by the end of their sophomore season? That's because most high school athletes only consider athletics when picking a college. They skip over other important factors like college major, location, scholarship, long-term goals. With so much to consider, how do you make sure that you're choosing the right school? Well, that's where Athletes to Athletes come in. Athletes to Athletes is a college counseling program built specifically for student athletes and their families. They provide a holistic approach to help you find the college program that best fits all your needs both on and off the field go to athletes to athletes.com slash dc today to schedule your free session and see how they can help find the best college program for you again that is athletes to athletes.com slash dc all right one more thing to do here dorks and that is 
our resident dork, one of our favorite dorks. Matt Stepp is back in the great state of Texas, and he has been on the roads headed out to SQTs all across the state of Texas. This past weekend, he was at Northwest, um, and he spoke with the new head coach and barbecue aficionado um, down there for the North Crowley Panthers. Cougars? Oh, shoot. I should have known that. Um, for North Crowley, it is Coach Ray Gates. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with new North Crowley head coach Ray Gates. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football here at the Northwest 7-on-7 state qualifying tournament here with the new head coach of the North Crowley Panthers, Coach Ray Gates. And, Coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us this morning. Oh, thank you very much. I'm super excited to be here this morning. All right, Coach. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, new 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 job, new head coach for the, for the Panthers. You're coming in. It's your first time as a head coach. Kids are learning the new system. you got to hire staff. I'm sure you're running around, you know, drinking out of, drinking out of fire hose half the time. Uh, how have the kids adapted to the new coaching staff and, and some of the changes in the, in the schematic things that you guys are implementing here? Well, the kids have been great. You know, we, we've been blessed and we've been fortunate to have the type of group um, that we have this year. Um, when you're coming in as a first-year head coach, um, you never know what you're what you're getting into. You never know what you're going to inherit. Uh, and so for us to be able to be here with the group that we have, we're, we're really fired up and excited about, about our kids. Uh, not only our kid, but our, our administration. They have done a great job of, of providing us all the things that we need in order to be successful. So um, we're really looking forward to this group and, and what we can do um, come fall. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the facility upgrades there in Crowley ISD have been really impressive. I drive by the new stadium uh, nearly every day right there off I-35. You guys have an indoor facility now. How important is that in the indoor facility? You know, people think, you know, that's just a football facility, but it's really not. It's, it's for all extracurricular activities at the school. How big is that for North Crowley to have something like that on campus? Well, it's a game changer for us. Um, you know, in order to be the best, you have to compete with the best in all levels. And so I think that uh, one of the reasons why I decided to, to, to put my my name in the hat for the North Crowley job is because I felt like the administration and the people there in our community really wants to be to, to be good at um, in athletics, not just football, basketball, but all sports. So um, for us to have those facilities that allow us to uh, keep our kids um, in, in North Crowley uh, and also it allows us to be able to, to go indoor and practice, of course, whenever we um, have bad weather. And then the new stadium, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, a $56 million stadium. We, we didn't leave any stone unturned. So um, we're excited to be there um, to play the first game um, this year um, versus Arlington Sam Houston. All right, now, you know, obviously 7-0-7. We know it's not real football. I know you, lo you love the guys in the trenches. Uh, it's just the skill kids. What do you want to see out of your kids today when, when they're competing? What, what are things you're looking for? I think you said that number one is just compete. Um, go out and just compete. Play hard. You know, um, I, I tell our kids all the time, if we're giving our maximum effort, you know, we can live with the result. We'll get everything else coached up so number one you know we're looking for our guys to come out and to compete number two we want to see our guys be in the right position we've been working about you know the last month in our install uh, of our of our offensive and defensive schemes so we just want to see our kids come out uh, line up play with play with the pace play with tempo um, and be in the right spots and, make, and hopefully make some plays on the ball obviously still early you, you guys didn't do spring ball you're gonna have the extra extra week in the fall so you don't know you know I hadn't seen your kids in pads yet or anything but just from what you've seen so far what what kind of ball club? What what are you guys going to hang your hat on in 2022 when the when the real stuff and the pads start popping? Well, you know we're we're going to be a team that's that's physical. Um, we're going to be a team that plays with a lot of passion and a lot of energy. Uh, I expect that from our coaches. I expect that from our kids. Um, we're going to set the tone. Physical team up 
front, um, be able to stop the run uh, and do our best to make teams one-dimensional um, and be able to go score touchdowns. So, you know, when, when it's all said and done, the game comes down to blocking and tackling. Uh, I think we have the kids to be able to do that. Um, we're going to be an athletic football team. We can do a lot of things as far as being able to move and run. Uh, so we're going to put our kids in the best position to be to be successful. All right, two more questions before we let you out of here and watch your kids. Uh, you, you, you were at Cedar Hill. You were under Coach Lynn. Well, you know, just talk about some of the things that you took from Coach Lynn that you're taking with you. What, what, did, what did he really teach you about being a head coach? Man, it's all in the details. You know, he always says, inspect what you expect. And so right now coming into it, you know, being short staff, you have an opportunity. You know, our first, my first couple, two weeks there, maybe three, uh, it was all about just observation, um, seeing how things run at North Crowley, um, trying to figure out the things that work well, the things that didn't, uh, and then also finding out what it would look like with our stamp on things. So, you know, the details are, are, are very important. We always talk about the vital things, and, and th- those are the things that end up winning and, and, and losing ball games. Uh, and so we stress to our kids all the time the things that they don't think matter to football, those are the things that we harp on the most because we know football is what they love. They'll take care of those things, but the things that they don't necessarily think are important, once we get them to buy into those um, those things, then we'll be we'll be exactly where we want to be in the fall. Alright, final question for you. Let's talk about your hometown a little bit. You are a, a proud a proud native of Shiner, Texas, a former uh, former uh, player there. You, you, your picture was in an old Dave Campbell's Texas, not that old, but your picture was in Dave Campbell's uh, Once Upon a Time. Uh, what, what a program they have down there at Shiner. I know you're very proud. You, you when, when they made the state championship game last year, you were texting me. Uh, it's a small town, so I'm assuming this group that's come through the past couple of years. When, when did when did you first hear about how special that group was in Shiner? When, when you were when you know all the folks from hometown were calling you, say, "Hey, we got some kids. These young kids are coming up." When did you start hearing about those guys? Well, um, you know those guys. I mean, Shiner. It's more about tradition. Um, since I was a sophomore in high school, 1998, we've been in the playoffs every single year. We hadn't missed a year since then, uh, and it's been you know a tradition that's been you know that's been built and so every every senior class that's there has kind of passed on uh, the baton of that legacy uh, to the next and upcoming group and so it's an expectation in our hometown uh, that we're going to show up and we're going to put together a team that our community can be proud of um, so with the group that we have currently um, a lot of guys know who the headliner in that class is um, one of my um, little cousins um, Dalton Brooks um, but those those guys are, are going to be special um, and I think what makes Shiner special is the tradition that we're talking about. You know, our, our kids show up, they're hungry, they're excited, they're ready to defend that state title, and so I'm expecting uh, us to be right back there playing for it all again. Let's take that. Uh, North Crowley and Shiner are very different places. North Crowley is in the middle of Fort Worth. You know, it's a big 6A school. But is there something that you can take from that tradition and trying to build that up and implement that kind of small town type of vibe here at North Crowley with your seniors and kind of pass that on down and have them take pride in the program? Absolutely. You know, and I've been talking to the senior group a lot about leave your mark, leave your legacy. What do you want that to be when you come back 10 years from now and you stand in front of a team and you talk to them about what it was like when you walked through these halls? So, we're, we're definitely um, preaching those things to our kids. We're trying to preach family. Um, we're trying to bring everybody together and create a different vibe, um, something that our kids can grab a hold to um, that will sustain them um, for, the, for the years to come. Coach, appreciate your time. Good luck today. Watch your kids play and good luck in 2022. I appreciate it. There he is. New North Crowley head coach and, as we mentioned, barbecue aficionado Ray Gates. Very excited to be able to see his debut and what he does out there with the Panthers out of North Crowley. So we appreciate him taking the time to talk with Matt Stepp last weekend. 
Moving on to final thoughts now, um, a couple of different things. A reminder, we will not have a show tomorrow. The reason being is we, a group of us, will be out at the Grapevine SQT to get some 7-on-7 action in and then eat some barbecue following that. Um, So we are excited to be doing that, so no show tomorrow, but we will be back on Monday. And why is that such a huge thing this week? Well, because Monday will be the cover reveal of the 63rd edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We sent the magazine to press last Friday and the grand cover reveal where we will reveal the main cover and the gatefold cover of the 63rd edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football will be... Monday promptly at noon. We do not waste any time. The anticipation is killing us. We are so, so, so excited for y'all to see this cover. Um, And that will all happen. That's what our entire show will be about Monday. So literally one of our favorite, favorite days of the year. Get pumped up for Monday. Monday, June 6th, we will will be doing the cover reveal. So no show tomorrow. Monday, be by your computer. You are not going to want to miss it. So that'll do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. And, of course, see all of our fine work at TexasFootball.com. Thank you again to Mike Craven for hopping on and joining us. I'm Ashley Pickle. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. No show tomorrow, but we will see you on Monday for Cover Reveal Day. Have a good weekend.